when you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. When you think This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com We're going to make sure that we make those changes to our laws uh, in the next couple of weeks to allow the Gardaí uh, to use that evidence and go through that evidence uh, and identify the people who are involved in these actions and we are going to get them. Uh, in addition to that, I think it's now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted it um, that our incitement hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's not up to date for the social media age uh, and we need that legislation through and we need it through within a matter of weeks um, because it's not just the platforms who have a responsibility here and they do. Uh, there's also the individuals uh, who post messages and images online uh, that stir up hatred and violence uh, and we need to be able to use laws to go after them individually as well. All right. Good morning. They're going to go after you individually in Ireland if you uh, have the improper view on, uh, well, whatever the government says you must have the proper view of. Good morning. Mike Parrott here, host of Paratalk here on the Crusade channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online, and always happy to be with you. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to add that little second tagline there, but I like it. And I am happy to be with you, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Today I'm broadcasting from the RTF studio in the heart of America. And you can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. Very good chance it gets read. Less than 100% chance it gets responded to. That's just the way it goes, folks. That's just the way it goes. Tucker is obsessed with this broadcast. Tucker Carlson loves Paratalk. I am telling you, I have the smoking gun, the definitive proof. This man has been copying the Parrot Talk podcast. Radio broadcast. This is a podcast, by the way. It's a podcast that's put out every single day. I don't know how they do all of the stuff that they do at the Crusade Channel. It's called the New Christendom Daily Podcast. It's picking up steam. And the King Dude places a segment from this show for free on the new Christendom Daily Podcast. You know, I actually, like, when, I, when I'm when i in my car and I never know my Crusade Channel password, I'm not sure how to listen to it on the go. When I want to kind of keep up to date with what Mike's talking about, I'll click over to the new Christendom Daily Podcast. And I will get to see some of his best work from that day or the day prior. And it will give me a sense of what his takes are on various things. And it's a really great way to get people interested in the Crusade Channel, the new Christendom Daily Podcast. So this is simultaneously a podcast and a broadcast 
Is there anything else that rhymes with pod or broad? It's a laudcast because it's laudable. No, I don't know. Tucker loves this podcast. He loves this show. He's obsessed with me and he's copying me. Once again, here's Tucker about two days, 48 hours behind yours truly. Several days ago, a man in his 50s, for reasons that are still not clear, stabbed five people outside a school in Dublin, Ireland, including three children. And then almost immediately after, parts of that city erupted into rioting. What exactly is going on here? Well, the Washington Post stepped in, helpfully, to explain. And here's the tweet the Washington Post sent out. Quote, Online rumors claimed the perpetrator of a stabbing attack was an immigrant. The BBC found that the man was an Irish citizen who had lived in the country for 20 years. Police blamed, quote, a lunatic faction driven by far-right ideology for the riot in Dublin. That was the Washington Post's explanation. But actually, the man was an immigrant. He was from Algeria. And as it turns out, he's been living in Ireland for 23 years at public expense. He has never had a job. And then last week, unaccountably, he stabbed children. Well, many people in Ireland are absolutely sick of this. It's happening by design. That country has been completely transformed by immigration. Hi, everyone. It's not the Ireland I'm you remember at all. And going forward, anyone who complains about that or questions government policy will be guilty of a felony. The new hate speech laws are coming to Ireland. No complaining about it. And of course, it's not just Ireland. It's across the West. What does this mean? What is happening here? And what's the right response to it? The right response to it is revolution. <laughs> it is armed uprising. That's the right response to it. And I hope that uh, the Irish can figure that out. I think they need to flip more cars, really, in, in Dublin. I think flipping more uh, Gurdy cars, federal police, I think that is the way to go uh, in uh, in 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 Ireland and and possibly throughout the West. Look, we are poised to have this happen to us again. You may not be aware of this, but these types of stabbings of of little children, they happen all the time. Uh, just yesterday, French society, quote, is at risk of tipping over after the murder of a teenager in Crepol says the government spokesperson Olivier Veron. French society is at risk of tipping over. The Irish are burning police cars in the streets. And, well, we're just going to work. Uh, trying to pay off our usurious lifestyles. That's basically the state of things right now. But we're going to have our Irish moment. Our time will come, and the reason why is because we have the same policies that the Irish government has had, namely importing violent criminals into our midst. In the United States of America, we have a deliberate policy of importing violent criminals into our society. We do this several ways. We entice them to come here. We leave the borders open. We, we bust them around. We give them jobs and freedoms, stuff, places to live. Why wouldn't they come here? 
We don't check on people. We don't t- we don't follow up on o- visa overstays. We don't deport people because we're humane. We're a humane society. It's, if anybody wants to come here, they can come here. That's what the Statue of Liberty says, right? And that's what they've been doing in Europe. Germany was transformed by Syrians. Two million Syrians coming into Germany. Entire villages were wiped out. German villages dating back to Christendom suddenly became Syrian villages in the countryside of Germany. Women couldn't walk in the streets without the credible threat of being raped. It became a rapey society. Very rapey. And you weren't allowed to say anything about it because Chancellor Merkel, childless, Baron Merkel, no investment in the future, doesn't care. When she dies, her lineage dies. No investment in the future. Angela Merkel is there to tell you what's right and wrong. Tucker goes on to have Steve Bannon on the show. Bannon explains what's happening in Dublin. Bannon is pretty familiar with Ireland. I happen to have first-hand knowledge that Bannon was largely behind the failed constitutional amendment to enshrine pro-life laws into uh, the Irish Constitution. Do you remember the pro-life vote in Ireland that failed? That was engineered by Steve Bannon. He was there on the ground in the days and weeks leading up to um, that failed vote. So he knows a thing or two about Ireland, Irish society, how uh, the Irish mind works, where the power centers are, who the players are. He knows it because he was there. And he was there because I know he was there. I have spoken to two separate presidential candidates or prime ministerial candidates or whatever whatever it is, the high office that you run for in Ireland, both of whom are pro-life, both of whom are Irish celebrities, Irish political celebrities, and both of whom confirmed that Bannon was instrumental in very nearly saving the Irish children from the fate imposed upon them by Brussels. So it's an interesting interview. I look forward to uh, getting through it, even though it is a, it's a little bit flattering that Tucker is on my tail. And that's fine. You know who else is on my tail and obsessed with me? It's this woman named... Wow, what is her name? Christine Harrington? She's got a YouTube channel called Eternal Life Plan, and she just put this video out about me. There are two moles inside of Church Militant leaking information to one of Mike Parrott's pals, who in turn is giving the information to Mike Parrott. Whoa! Dramatic music! Oh my goodness! First of all, lady, you think there are only two moles inside of Church Militant? That place is leakier than... (laughs) Oh, man! Hello, everyone. This is Christine Harrington with Eternal Life Plan. And I've had a lot of people 
high influencers in the Catholic social media space that have asked me to come forward and talk about my response to Michael Voris. I've also had a lot of followers reach out and ask me my opinion as well. So this video is to address this, but also to address what I found out. There are two moles that are leaking information. And the only way that this information could be leaked is by board members. That's right, you heard that right. Because my time with Church Militant, as you know, was from September of 2021 through April of 2022. That's five months. This woman worked for Church Militant for five months. And in that time, she was part of the sustained harassment campaign against yours truly. She goes on to admit that she worked mostly remote. In other words, she would come into Detroit one week a month. And in a period of time of five months, she has concluded that she understands the organization well enough to conclude that the only way that I keep getting the scoop on these bastards is that the board of directors is giving me the scoop. And she knows this and because, well, she worked there. How many of you had a high school job that lasted longer than that? I had a high school job that lasted longer than Christine Harrington lasted at Church Militant. She makes some more interesting admission. I don't know. Do you want to continue listening to this? <laughs> She's kind of funny. Uh, she makes some interesting admissions. She does talk about uh, Christine Niles. Let's just let's hang with her for another minute or two. And it was a five-month short-lived um, employment there. And I saw a lot, I heard a lot, and I observed a lot. How do you see a lot and hear a lot and observe a lot from your basement? As well. So hear me out on this. Oh, we're hearing this you out. This is why it has to be a board member that's leaking the information. I like that she talks slow so I can get in in between. When I worked at Church Militant, we were never privy to any any communication at all who's the we the the the, the five month old employee was not privy to any communication at all imagine that no they're not christine harrington this is the problem with you boomers you think you're so important and self-righteous uh, that you deserve to have the inside track i was there five months so i'm an expert we were rarely told anything that was going on um we would we wouldn't even know if Michael Voris was moving in a new direction or not. So he doesn't owe you an explanation. You are a low level staffer who works part time from home. He doesn't owe you an explanation. Look, I'm not defending Voris. He's, uh, you know, his 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 record of blood and semen and feces speaks for itself. It has to be a board member that's leaking this information. I started getting direct messages three days before Christine Niles resigned. And then shortly after that, I was getting direct messages that Michael Voris was also going to be forced to resign. Now, I can tell you in the studio, they didn't know any of this. So it has to be a board member 
that's leaking the information to one of Mike Parrott's pals. I know who the pal is, but I'm not going to say who it is. So something happened. This board, who consisted mostly of church militant employees and a friend of Michael Voris's, he was completely surrounded by yes people all the time. This board is not going to push back on him at all. So something happened that pushed this, these board members back to the wall where they were forced into making this decision to oust Michael Voris. They can spin it every way that they want. What does this have to do with me? I, I thought she was about to prove a point. This is what's wrong with the American women boomer mind. Sorry, if you're an American woman boomer, you either agree with this or you disagree. I got lost here in the argument. She was about to convince you that, uh, well, the board of, the, there are two moles, and it has to be the board, but then they're telling a buddy of mine, and she knows who the buddy is, and just wait and listen, she's going to tell you who the buddy is, but now the people on the ground in the newsroom, they don't know what's going on, and Michael Voris never told us anything, and we, we, did, we weren't privy to anything, and that's how I know that this is true. What? What are you talking about, lady? A morality clause? Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, the morality clause was in the employee handbook and it actually made me chuckle because part of it is that you have to treat each other by the golden rule, treat each other as fellow Christians. This one actually, this is there interesting. There wasn't much Catholic going on inside of church militant other than the chapel. There wasn't much Catholic going on inside of Church Militant. Well, 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 well. I'm sure you're all surprised to hear that. I mean, literally, having been the, uh, the, the, on the receiving end of a sustained harassment, bullying, extortion, blackmail, hacking campaign, literally, Farms and farms of online trolls on all forms of social media constantly cutting new salacious videos about me. About me. You guys know me. You know how insignificant I am. There wasn't much Catholic going on inside of Church Militant. Christine Harrington. Now... There were a few people that were very courteous, um, very um, accommodating, very nice to work with. But for the most part, everyone was vying to be a little Michael and to eventually take Michael's place. So they all emulated Michael and Michael's behavior. So that's why I know that this board had to have had their back up against the wall to claim that it was a morality clause. Now, it could what put their back up against the wall? Now, she doesn't explain in the video, but she, but even a dumb, blind boomer is right on a on a blue moon. Okay, on on an on an every other full moon. 
even a cucktarded boomer can be right, and she is right here. The board of directors back was up against the wall, and the reason why their back was up against the wall, she actually stumbles towards it and accidentally trips over the truth, doesn't realize it, and keeps moving in this video. It has very little to do with Voris's penchant for blood, feces, and semen. No, it has nothing to do with that because that was going on for years. Everybody knew it. Multiple people in the organization knew that it was happening. What they didn't know was that 501c3 dollars were being pissed away into the wind, not only for feces and blood, but for other frivolities. This man was spending like a drunken sailor quarter after quarter, year after year. After the high watermark of the Summer of Shame and their invention of James Grine and their attack on Theodore McCarrick and the huge traffic that went into that institution, money, dollars, clicks, buildings, real estate, assets. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. They never really achieved the magic after McCarrick. They milked McCarrick for as long as they could because McCarrick, in some ways, vindicated their overall thesis that all the bishops are gay, all the bishops are corrupt, uh, you just have to take my word for it. Um, so McCarrick was a vindication for them. It was good news for them. This is the perversion of Catholic media. This is the perversion of church militant and the perversion of a pervert named Michael Voris. When children are raped by priests and bishops, that was good news for Michael Voris. It was good news for his bottom line. It was good news for his advertising. It was good news for his clicks and his ability to pay people and hire people and sue people. And in the absence of anything like that, they tried to create news. They created their own news in Baltimore. And to some degree, it worked. And that's how they got a taste for the invention of artificial news. AstroTurf news. Hey, if we invent the news and then report on it, that will keep the scandals going. And that, ultimately, is why they turned on me. They invented a scandal between the two of us where none needed to exist. I'm just out there supporting a guy who's accused of a crime that I didn't think he committed. I didn't make any videos about Church Militant. I didn't bring them into it at all. I didn't ask his permission. I didn't call him and ask him for advice or anything like that. But in the absence of clicks, in the absence of news, in the absence of donations, of any red meat to give to his low information boomer base, 
They had to invent things. Well, that becomes expensive. Inventing a fake dust-up with me cost them millions of dollars in, that, in the charade as it continued on and on and on for almost two years. And things like that put their back up against the wall. Christine Harrington can't figure that out. She was there five months. She doesn't even know who's on the board. She didn't see anything or hear anything because she was in her basement three out of four weeks a month. But she is correct insofar as this has very little to do with the morality clause at Church Militant. Would be that that's what he violated. They fire, have fired people for breaking the morality clause in the past. But I don't think that was why. I think there's something bigger coming down the pike that we don't know about yet. Oh, there's something bigger coming down the pike, lady. <laughs> oh, the pike is full. The pike is overflowing with something bigger coming down that pike. And you are absolutely right. I'll talk about that on the other side of the break. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. This is Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Always on air. Always online. And always happy to be with you. Don't. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you, heard you're a groomer, so here's your millstone, good luck loser, it's hard to look right when you're a pervert, so take your millstone, no kids will get hurt, gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean, down in the ocean, alongside that titan sub, gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean, throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. Mike Parrott here, host of Parrot Talk. Every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. This is the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. We are always on air, always online. And I am always happy to be with you. By the way, incidentally, this show today is sponsored by the Have Yourself a Merry and Manly Little Christmas Contest. Being played exclusively here, live, on air on the Crusade Channel till December 22nd. For details on how to play to win a $50 shopping spree in the Founders Trading Post and to be qualified to win one of the six grand prize gifts, go to crusadechannel.com forward slash Mary. Crusadechannel.com forward slash Mary. Do it now. Go there. Go to the website. Stop what you're doing. Hit pause. You can come back to it. Crusadechannel.com forward slash Mary. Get in there. Get get her done, as they say. All right, we are talking about... Uh, first, well, so what I noticed is that Tucker Carlson listens to this podcast and he copies us. And then that spurred my memory that there's another lady who listens to this podcast and she's obsessed. She made a whole podcast. Her name is Christine Harrington. And she is, uh, it's kind of going viral on uh, social media right now. It dropped yesterday morning after the show. And it's accrued more than 10,000 views so far. An insider speaks out. An insider, well, she was there for five months at Church Militant. And she claims that she knows who the moles are that are talking to me. That was her lead into the video. That's That was her clickbait. Literally her clickbait for the video. Hasn't mentioned me again. Her clickbait for this video was about me. 
because this board would have never stood up to Michael like this and asked him to resign unless their backs were against the wall. And of course, included in the morality clause is that you uphold the church's teachings when it comes to sex and when it comes to the church's teaching on um, homosexuality. Everyone jumps to the conclusion that that is the clause, part of the clause that Michael uh, broke, but I don't know that at all because the morality clause is pretty broad. The reason why people jump to that conclusion, Christine, is because Michael Voris put out a video where he talks about his inner demons and falling again off the wagon and that these inner demons were implanted in him, probably by his father, 60 years ago. For those who don't know, E. Michael Jones wrote a book about Michael Voris and claimed that his own father used to rape him when he was a child and, a, and even an infant, baby, toddler. If you knew that fact and you pair that fact with what Voris said multiple times in his apology video, where he said, I've been dealing with these demons, these deep demons for 60 years. It seems like he's admitting that EMJ told the truth. Another way you can tell that EMJ was telling the truth was that they never sued him. Uh, and if, if somebody claimed that my father was raping me when I was a little boy, I would sue their ass off. And yet, the statute of limitations expired. They never lifted a finger. In 2016, Church Militant had a million bucks to go sue EMJ. Likewise in 2017, likewise in 2018, likewise in 2019, they never did it. I simply tweeted, hey, I'm not so sure about your, your financials. And I got slapped with a lawsuit within two weeks. So if you question their financials, they'll sue you. If you question Voris's rectal history, they won't. In the handbook. And I looked for it, and I don't have it any longer. Uh, so that's not something that I can, you know, speak to any kind of depth to. You lost your handbook, lady. You were there for five months, and you lost your handbook. You can't even find it in your email. Come on. I'm just going by memory. But you should also know, too, that we all were required to sign a non-disclosure agreement as well. So... There are some things I'm not going to be able to talk about because of that. And I thought that was very curious, to be honest with you, when I started working at Church Militant, that I was required to sign this. Now, this is not uncommon. Uh, I come from a corporate background, 40 years in corporate insurance. Oftentimes, we, were, um, we had to sign non-disclosure agreements. But for the life of me, I was like, well, why would a Catholic uh, media company require us to do this? So as far as the NDA, there are certain things that I'm not going to be able to talk about. But I will talk about what Christine Niles put in her statement after Voris released his. And in that statement, she said that Voris often did not attend chapel. Now, I can substantiate that that is true. I can also substantiate that we were all required 
and mandated to attend chapel. But Vorce wasn't the only one that wasn't attending chapel. There were managers and board members that didn't attend chapel as well. Now, I don't know why they were given a special privilege not to attend uh, because it. Okay, managers and board members. She thinks that board members are required to attend chapel as well. That's what she thinks. She doesn't know what a board member is. Board members shouldn't be there day to day. If you're on, if you if you're on the board of directors, you're supposed to have some kind of separation, some kind of standoff distance from the entity, so that you can govern it objectively. You can have some inside board members, sure. Officers of the company, officers of the five hundred one c three, often can be members of the board. Okay, you got your CFO, you got your you got your president, you got your whatever who's on the board. But the majority of the board of directors should be outside directors. This is something that's often mandated in certain industries. I don't know about 501c3s, and if it's not, it should be. But if you have an outsider who doesn't work there, doesn't even live there, who's supposed to provide a governance function to the institution, I don't think they should be required to be in Chapel Lee. I don't think they should be in the chapel. I don't even think they should be in Detroit every single day. But again, 40 years in corporate America, she's the expert. It was my understanding and what I was told, everyone was mandatory to attend chapel. But let me give you my story about chapel. So my first week there at Church Militant, you know, chapel is from 8 a.m. until 8.45. We do the noon Angelus and then five o'clock, uh, evening vespers until 5.30 or 5.45, it depends. So, you know, eight o'clock rolls around, everybody's, you know, shuffling in the chapel and I'm new, so I sit in the back. And they let it go the first day, but then the second day they told me I had to sit either up front or in the middle. And I'm thinking, well, why, why is that? Uh, why do I have to do that? I went ahead and sat up front, and then I was told the third day when I went and sat in the back again that I had to sit in the middle or up front. And, uh, you know, I said, why? What difference does it make? And they said, because you're not on camera when you're sitting in the back. Oh, so we're in chapel for the audience we're in chapel to show that we're praying yes 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 and i thought we were in chapel uh to show reverence to jesus and to god and to increase our spiritual life and to pray for the day that we may honor god in our work I'm thinking that's why we were doing chapel. But no, I had to sit where I could be seen. So that was a red flag. And then on day one, working there, I was told that I was not to speak to Michael. I was only to speak to Michael if Michael spoke to me. I was to... I love this rule, by the way. I, I, 
all women should abide by this rule. Don't speak to me unless I speak to you. That's actually pretty base there, Mr. Voris. Um, not try to catch his eye. Uh, Don't catch you know, his eye. Try to catch his attention. Don't catch his attention. In other words, I'm to be seen, seen but not heard. heard. Seen but not heard. And that, you know, I not to ask him any questions. No offense, Christine, but you should neither be seen nor heard. Because he was a very important man. He's, he, he's very important. <laughs> I thought that was rather curious as well. Now, I came from a corporate background. You've mentioned I that. I know how to conduct myself professionally. I was not a fawning fan working for Michael because, you know, I was one of his fan girls. No, his ultimate fan girl, <laughs> Christine Niles. I'm going to do her video tomorrow, I think. <laughs> you guys have to hear her video. This is the week of the demise of Church Militant, okay? And now that I'm back in my studio, I have all my gadgets. <laughs> we can break this stuff down. The Christine Niles, she don't like the, she don't like the fact that, uh, that Michael Boys, he no, he no marry her. Uh, he go back to the sodomy, and she don't like the direction of Church Militant. She did not go in the direction that she wanted to go. It did not go far enough. She did not sue enough people. That's no, that's, that's a preview. That's a preview of tomorrow's video. <laughs> so I did. I didn't talk to Michael. I didn't look at Michael until we had pit meetings, and he would conduct the pit meetings, and then we would get yelled and screamed at for something that was done wrong. Um, so she she didn't talk to him. She didn't look at him. She didn't acknowledge her boss, and then she got fired. I wonder if uh, I wonder if that is all right. I'll I'll just cut to the chase here on this. I think we've heard enough from Mrs. Harrington. She never really uh, she never really produces proof for anything that she's saying, especially about me. Uh, a couple of the funny, interesting things that she says. She notes that she doesn't know how to write in the English language. Like she can't she can't copyright. Like she doesn't know how to compose. Um, a byline or a clickbait or a teaser or anything like that. She doesn't know how to write scripts for news. And she, she claims that the only person who took her under her wing was uh, Nazi Niles. Nazi Niles swooped in and taught her how to write in the English language. So this contradicts the fact that she's been in corporate for 40 years, corporate insurance. If you can't write a sentence that clearly articulates your thought process... <laughs> well, all right, fine. So she admits to being a substandard employee, but then goes on to describe how Voris would constantly yell at everybody, and he was always angry, and he was never in the chapel, and nobody was, everybody was mean and vindictive. Mean and vindictive. The insider at Church Militant breaks her silence. You heard it here on this video first. <laughs> Mean and vindictive inside of Church Militant. I wonder if it's still mean and vindictive inside of there anymore with all the 20-year-olds. They've got nothing but 20-year-olds running that place now. No adults yet. I bet the I bet the vultures are circling. I bet the future of Church Militant is going to be very interesting. I bet there is a there is a huge power struggle happening right now. People are vying for control. I bet a lot of that is going on. Nevertheless, Christine Harrington is from Indian, Indianapolis. 
Christine Niles' hometown. They're longtime friends. She never admits this. She doesn't put this out publicly. She just makes it seem like Christine, out of the kindness of her heart, took her in and taught her how to write English words real good. But she's a diehard defender of Nazi Niles because she's a diehard friend of Nazi Niles. Um, that's basically the rest of the video. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, both Tucker and Christine Harrington are following this show here on the Crusade Channel extremely closely, and they're emulating it. What will we do tomorrow? We are the pace setters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So good to be with you. Have a wonderful hump day at work today. Thank you for listening to the program. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning, Thursday. Very likely breaking down Nazi Niles' statement, and then I'll save Voruses for Friday. Oh, quick note, I'll be interviewed by E. Michael Jones today. Look for that somewhere. God bless you. Take care. See you tomorrow. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com